Food, especially healthy food, is expensive. It is so hard to find whole natural fruits and vegetables at a reasonable price. And no one knows this better than Balance of Nature. They are always searching for the highest quality farms that produce the highest quality fruits and vegetables so you can get them at a fraction of the cost. Balance of Nature's fruits and veggies contain only the best fruits and vegetables that undergo an advanced vacuum cold process that preserves the maximum nutrient content. This means you get the powerful health benefits of a wide variety of fruits and vegetables without expensive trips to the grocery store. Don't wait. Eat healthy and save money by going to balanceofnature.com today or call 1-800-246-8751 and don't forget to get 35% off your first preferred order when you use discount code Kate. Hey everybody, Kate here. You know I had Dr. Zelenko on the show a couple of times. He's the one that gave ivermectin to President Trump. Make sure that you go to his website and it's right at the bottom of my homepage. So please find the Zelenko Z stack. He's got two products now. One is the uh, t- the product we're always talking about with four major ingredients that you need right now to build your immune system. The other one is a detox that's brand new and I would take advantage of getting that as well. We all need to detox. Um, Dr. Zelenko's website is fantastic. They'll kick the products out quick. Take advantage of this right now while supply chains are still in motion and uh, get as much of that as you possibly can. He's a fantastic doctor that just calls it like it is. That's what I love about him. So go to that on the bottom of my homepage. Look for the wonderful sponsors and find Dr. Zelenko Z-Stack. Thanks, guys. Toxic masculinity. Because when stuff hits the fan, no one looks around for a feminist. The Kate Daly Show starts now. What do they teach you to talk like this in some Panama City sailor bar? Or is this getaway day and your last shot at this whiskey? Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Welcome, Kate Daly Show. On a Wednesday, we're live. I was on uh, Alex Jones earlier, hosted that, and I uh, just have to say, you got to check out that episode. I had Morley Robbins on. We talked, I think we talked about a couple of different items, too, that weren't discussed in our interview here um, about uh, about copper. It's so important. I hope everybody realizes how important copper is. It's like the big exposing of the big, one of the biggest lies we were told through the last 100 years. Okay, on our food supply. So hopefully um, you'll do that. I also have Melissa on today. I've got Susan on today. It's going to be a great one. You know, we're going to cover subjects because Melissa calls in every Wednesday from um, Indiana. Susan is here every Wednesday. We talk about topics that usually aren't covered the rest of the week. Love these two gals. And um, and I don't you know. Can I just say barf on International Women's Day? This stuff is crammed down our throat every five seconds. Do we have an International Men's Day? I mean, come on. And it's all about awareness for men or for women. We're pretty aware by now. And you know what? Let me just say that I'm tired. I am so tired of the feminists driving this home to the point where I'm sick of it. You know what? I'm not standing on the shoulders of women before me in talk radio. I'm standing on the shoulders of men, men who created the Constitution, men who had that divine appointment of writing that document, courtesy of God. And that's whose shoulders I'm on. Not because women were in radio before me. 
At some point, a woman was going to be the first, I guess, in our society. But have you noticed that we never go back to the women that ruled countries? We don't even know our history. Women actually ruled countries. But no, it was the feminists in the early 1900s that changed everything. You know, women finally came out of the shadows. Gag. I just have to say, barf a Rooney on International Women's Day. And you know what? We just need truth. And we just need women that tell the truth and men that tell the truth. That's what we need. And the International Women's Day is ridiculous. So I just had to say my piece. Hi, Melissa. How are you? Hi. Well, happy International <laughs> Women's Day to you. <laughs> I think and it's by so the way, ridiculous. Thank you for celebrating the event by having Susan and I. Yeah, and you. I know. We're all See? women on yeah. International Women's exactly. Day. Exactly. I know, right? I know. See, people are going to think that. And it has nothing to do with that. What it has to do with is men and women both contribute to truth or they both contribute to lies. And you know what? I like you women because you contribute to truth. I'm just so sick of the we must have awareness and we must get women to the top. The top of what? That's what I want. Have we not have we not showcased enough women in history that have done things? Give me a break. They used to rule countries, entire countries. Men bowed to them. But I think the feminists just don't know any history at all or never watch period pieces because guess what, folks? We've been around a long time and we're half the country. And it just makes me just want to throw up at this point because we get it crammed down our throats. Feminism cram down our throats incessantly. So I just had to say my piece because I would actually like a men's uh, international day now. If we're going to do women, why can't we do the men's one? It just doesn't make sense anymore. Anyway, that's my piece. Do you have anything to say about International Women's Day? I, I don't think I dare. Oh, my gosh. I swear to you. I didn't every... even know that it was to tell you how much I care or yeah, pay attention. I know. It's just all over it... the news. I'm just tired blah, of it. I don't know. Well, what I'm tired of is men pretending to be women, telling me, a woman already, from birth and before, what it is to be a woman. Or that they are women. I'm sorry. Still not a woman. You can hack off your parts, but you're still not a woman. And it's really nauseating because men have hijacked women now. And the feminists aren't even upset about that. I'm upset well, about you it. Know, because, because womanhood is defined by stiletto heels and a dress. It, right? It, yeah. No. 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 It, no. They can wear push-up no. bras. I. You can stick your man boobs in a push-up bra. You can try to pass yourself off as a woman. You're still not a woman. And it just... You know, we don't try to hijack. Well, we do hijack men, actually. We do try to portray ourselves as men a lot. And we I'm just so grateful for our differences. And I'm grateful for the roles of women and men. And I, for one, like men and don't want to destroy them so that I can stand at the top of some heap and declare myself um, an independent sole person of power. I actually like the fact that women and men can come together and become one that way and that we help each other. Right. I like that. I like men. So what in the world are we doing? doing to ourselves with this whole woman power trip but it's a power trip and just makes me sick because i hate feminism i think it's just ruined the family and it's ruined women and um, it's allowed ben to hijack and say they are women now and um, i hope we stand up to it more i really do i really do we need to and more more real women need to be heard in this aspect um, and just talk about the gifts that we have and the gifts that men have you know i think both are a compliment to each other so let's talk about art. Let's talk about all kinds let's of things today. I cannot wait to get, let's talk about trigger warnings. <laughs> I cannot wait. Do. Yeah, let's do. So well, I'm always, I've always got my eyes open for 
fodder for the show, right? Right, right. And I came across this one. It's just too good to not talk about. Yeah. London's Courtauld Gallery, mm-hmm. which has one of the largest collections of Impressionist art probably in the world, but certainly right. in the UK. Right. Has now started to put trigger warnings on some of its most famous pieces of art. <laughs> trigger warnings. Huh? Okay. Trigger warnings. Oh, like gosh. warning, warning. We're you might get triggered bags. if you look <laughs> at this painting. Okay, the the article that I pulled uh, cited two different paintings, very famous one. One is uh, Manet's A Bar at the Folie Bergère. You would probably recognize it if you saw it. It shows a barmaid wearing a black dress behind a bar. But they were quick to point out that the barmaid appears as just another item Mm -hmm. in the enticing array Mm -hmm. on offer in the foreground, wine, champagne, peppermint liqueur, British bass beer, and its iconic red triangle logo. You might be triggered if you think that she's an object. Is this the most absurdly Mm -hmm. stupid thing ever? Well, what's funny is, is we go off on women power and then we put trigger warnings on things because are they the biggest wuss bags in life now? I mean, I don't understand this. What, what, why would we need trigger warnings? I don't get it. Because (laughs) her presence at the center of the painting unwittingly centers the male gaze on her. (laughs) You know, what's funny about this is women dress up like major whores wanting the male gaze but then if the males gaze at them now somehow it is offensive and something that they shouldn't do I mean make up their minds right for <laughs> just, goodness sakes goodness. it's art yes I know it's a Manet painting and it's art yeah if he anything, was known to go you know yeah. how many of the impressionist artists used prostitutes as their models right Right. Seriously. I know. If we're going to put trigger warnings, there's going to be, it's going to get at some point hilariously strange and stupid. How how about a trigger warning for you're getting ripped off because this is an ink blot, but somehow it's art. I mean, that's the only trigger warning that should ever be included in art is we're passing this off as art and charging you a gazillion dollars for a picture that's stupid. I mean, honestly. Well, yeah, maybe they can put that at the gateway where you pay your ticket to get into the freaking museum to start with. Yeah, yeah. it is the, funny, the other, Go ahead. The other painting at this mm-hmm. particular location is a Gauguin painting called Nevermore, uh-huh. painted in 1897 right. during his Tahitian phase. There's and a Tahitian phase? I'm sorry. Yes, when he when he left France and went to Tahiti. Ah, if, do yes, you not know that story? I don't. When I don't. After Van Gogh attacked him, he decided it was probably a good idea to clear the country. So he packed up and went to Tahiti. Mm. And when he was in Tahiti... He had great affection for the Tahitian women and girls. Yeah. And he did, he painted a lot of uh, nudes mm-hmm. of these native Tahitian women uh-huh. and girls. And that's the, the trigger warning is. Is what? The widespread racist fantasy of Tahitian girls as sexually precocious led to their unabashed exploitation. Okay. <laughs> hmm. For goodness sakes. Uh, they're not wow, that's still a whole being, lot of words. Yeah. Do you know, if we can't let art be art, yeah. and we can't let the past be past, and I honestly, I think, you know, if I think about kind of the bigger picture, 
we can't have statues from the Civil War because people get upset that the Civil War happened. Right. Maybe. Yes. Um, so let's remove the thing that we can't bear to look at. Mm-hmm. Let's warn people that it. So it, is this a very subtle and, and I really mean this question very genuinely. They're, they're struggling. Apparently the art museum is struggling greatly because there's so many sensitive subjects that are depicted in art. Isn't that the way art is supposed to be? Isn't art supposed <laughs> yes. to challenge our worldview or yes. ask us to reflect on something mm-hmm. or it's supposed to do something to us, move yes. us emotionally or whatever. Right. And we don't need to be told that because art is subjective in perception. Yeah. I look at a painting and you look at a painting and we might have very different reactions to the painting. You know, remember when they wrote the Constitution um, uh, with a lot of God's influence? I, I love that document. Did they have to send it out with a trigger warning? No, because we well, didn't that's even... that's called the Second Amendment. We Kate. didn't even think of it in those <laughs> terms. I mean, if we think everyone is going to be immediately so offended by every single thing that happens, I fear for our society. But that's where we're at. We're in a, this. This is the weird dichotomy that we're in. Woman power, trigger warning. Woman power, tri- I'm sorry, It's which one is it? Are we so wussy we need trigger warnings or is it power? But, well, but that's what everything seems to be about, this whole weird dichotomy that's going on right now in our society. So somebody suggested on this Manet painting of the mm-hmm. barmaid, mm-hmm. wouldn't it be more, wouldn't it be better to have a, 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 a label that says, contemplate on what this woman might be thinking? <laughs> Maybe that's what yeah. Manet was trying to... <laughs> Maybe express like maybe what was she where where what was she doing there so what is, and isn't that what all art is supposed to ask you to do like uh-huh. what is this yeah. uh, I'm looking at this scene yeah. that's stopped in a moment and I should ask myself what's going on here I don't you know I wonder what she's thinking I wonder why she's there I wonder who she is I, all those questions yeah not like oh look she's a she's an object of male fantasy. <laughs> women want to be the object of male fantasy go and look at all of these women i mean they want to be that that's what's so funny about it they just don't want to they only want it to be to the degree that they want to welcome it i mean it's absolutely asinine but women don't know what they want what's new be right back kate daly show be right back with melissa isn't she awesome be right back talk line Hey, everybody, Kate here. You know, I had Dr. Zelenko on the show a couple of times. He's the one that gave ivermectin to President Trump. Make sure that you go to his website, and it's right at the bottom of my homepage. So please find the Zelenko Z-Stack. He's got two products now. One is the the product we're always talking about with four major ingredients that you need right now to build your immune system. The other one is a detox that's brand new, and I would take advantage of getting that as well. We all need to detox. Dr. Zelenko's website is fantastic. They'll kick the products out quick. Take advantage of this right now while supply chains are still in motion and uh, get as much of that as you possibly can. He's a fantastic doctor that just calls it like it is. That's what I love about him. So go to that on the bottom of my homepage. Look for the wonderful sponsors and find Dr. Zelenko Z-Stack. Thanks, guys. Are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Cape Daly Show. Blue and gray. Look out on a summer's day. 
With eyes that know the darkness in my soul Shadows on the hills I'm playing a mellow song for two reasons. Sketch One, the for the wussbags in life that can't handle art and need a trigger warning. And I know art is just gosh awful a lot of the time anyway. But, you know, for the trigger warning people, we play a mellow song for you. And also, it's the Van Gogh song. So there you go. By Don McLean. Vincent, uh, welcome back. Kay Daly Show. And I've got Melissa on with me. Always a treat. Uh, Melissa and Susan on Wednesdays. Uh, tomorrow is Chris Ann Hall and Uncle Milton. And let me say, uh, the Alex Jones show is up. I is going to be up in about an hour, probably. You can go check that out. And then uh, that I did today. And then also Balance of Nature, balanceofnature.com. Can I just cannot tell you enough about what this product does for me and my family? How amazing it is, and that you need to be part of this. Um, you need to be taking Balance of Nature. I take Balance of Nature and the FIQ copper and magnesium together as my multivitamin every day because. Balance of Nature is just this amazing product with 31 fruits and vegetables in it. And you can have the benefit of this. And it is that good. It is that good. I'm telling you to go get it. Uh, Balanceofnature.com. Balanceofnature.com. Put in the code Kate, though, and the show gets credit. So you're helping the show like a twofer and then you get healthy. But you're taking three veggie caps and three fruit caps every single day and 31 fruits and vegetables, the phytonutrients. They take out the air and water and give you the nutrients that's going into your system every single day. And I know you're not eating 31 a day, so you need to do it. Balanceofnature.com. It is an amazing product. And, uh, and I also love the FIQ products too. And you can find the FIQ, um, right there with my sponsors on the bottom of katedallyradio.com. So, um, the FIQ products are amazing as well. Um, so I have Melissa on with me and you were just talking about kind of the strangeness of stories. We we're going to stay on this topic, but I just have to mention that that kidnapping half got murdered, half didn't story in Mexico. Most people go to Mexico go to Tijuana for medical things right across the border from San Diego. And let me just say this, that story, there's something very wrong with that story. I don't know what it is yet. We'll get, we'll try to get down to the bottom of it, but something's wrong. It's as wrong as we have a Chinese balloon in the sky. Uh, How do you know it's Chinese if you haven't shot it down yet? How do you even know? So just the common sense of the story down in Mexico, the story about the balloons, none of these stories make sense. What do you think, Melissa? I don't know. I know. That, I don't either. Something's that wrong. That story though. is so. Uh, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know what to think. And uh, frankly, I'm getting to the place where I don't believe any story that's well, anywhere. Yeah, I don't know about yeah, anything. You're right. Mainstream, mainstream media. Um, so let's keep going on um, on this on this topic too, because I know we have some history to talk about too. Yeah, so let's talk about a little bit of history because there's some really interesting things. Um, you wouldn't think it, it, when we talk about art, there's visual art, there's literature, there's music, mm-hmm. and music has also been very heavily censored. And you wouldn't think that music is really, you know, how can music be controversial, right? Mm-hmm. But it has been. And just to kind of review some quick history bits here, when The Rite of Spring premiered, written by Stravinsky in 1913, it caused such a riot at the theater. It was premiered as a a ballet. It was written as a ballet. It was so inflammatory to the people in the audience that 
It was never again performed as a ballet until like the 1970s. It was the music kind of lived on the music to Rite of Spring. Just recently, I've, I had the opportunity to watch a video of the ballet and it's a very different ballet. It was very challenging to people. I, when you watch it, it's hard. The choreography was so modern for its time. Mm-hmm. It was way ahead of its time. And the music is so different that it just like bent people's heads in every kind of direction. They did not put a trigger warning on it. Just nobody would produce it after that because it was so controversial. Um, the other the other musician I really want to talk about for just a minute mm-hmm. is another Russian, Shostakovich, who was composing in the 1930s. He His career actually started before that. But if you remember when the Russian Revolution is, and Shostakovich was already fairly well known. Mm-hmm. He had a he had a reputation already. But as Stalin kind of asserted his control, Stalin was very he had some very definite taste and he did not like anyone challenging his own taste in art, in visual art. In the visual arts, it became known as socialist realism. And think about that compared to what we're seeing, you know, the trigger warnings on art. Socialist realism, according to Stalin, was supposed to promote the proletariat and promote the the, the values of hard work. And, and there's not a single piece of that art that's famous except as a representation of Soviet art. It did not breed any creativity outside the mold. Okay. So here was poor little Shostakovich. And in 1930, it was pretty clear that there was not going to be artistic freedom in Soviet Russia under Stalin at all. Um, They formed organizations to label and persecute artists that were not falling in line. Um, Authors just disappeared. Painters disappeared, presumably into the gulags of Siberia, which is where Stalin put people that he didn't want to deal with. Um, and Shostakovich had a lot of friends that fell into that mold. He he watched theater producers and poets and painters and fellow composers all vanish. Mm-hmm. They just disappeared. Yeah. And he was a tremendously sad man. Because of that. And he knew if he had not, he he wrote a, a score for a movie that Stalin thought was like the greatest thing ever. And it, a lot of people suspect that that may have been what kind of saved him mm-hmm. was that he had written this piece of music and Stalin really liked it and really liked the, the movie. So he was given a little bit more wiggle room than a lot of people were. Mm-hmm. But he he wrote uh, an opera uh, called uh, Lady Macbeth of, I can't pronounce the race, Russian name, of some town, some Russian place, and pr- that premiered in 1934. And it was this huge hit, huge hit. All the Russian audiences loved it. All internationally, everyone loved this great opera that he had written. When Stalin came to see the famous opera in 1936 
and he did not even last until the intermission. And he got off and stomped out. Um, two days later, there was a front page uh, review of the opera published in Pravda. Mm-hmm. Ke- keeping in mind, it's been playing for two years now. So there was a, a review in Pravda that many people suspect was actually written by Stalin that totally slammed Shostakovich, slammed the... Um, this was inappropriate. It was too sexual. It was too violent. It was. It had a trigger warning, right? Of course. <laughs> Stalin slapped mm-hmm. a trigger warning on it. Hmm. And after that, Shostakovich knew he needed to kind of keep his head down. He took mm-hmm. to sleeping on the balcony of his family apartment to spare his family of his arrest when it came, which he knew it was going to come. Hmm. So he, he becomes a man kind of tormented. He was writing, doing, com- he continued to compose, but there was a lot of things that he just put in a drawer and said, that can't be performed. Right. I'll never perform it. And the things that he did perform, he was always thinking, you know, how is this going to play? How is this? And if, if anybody's interested, take a listen sometime to Shostakovich's Fifth Symphony, which is regarded by most people now, music people, as an elegy to the Soviet persecutions, to the mm. to the Stalinist purges. Right. So, uh, you know, you got to appreciate the will of artists to find a way through and around. Mm-hmm. But when we start putting trigger warnings on things, it's a form of censorship. It's a form of thought control. It is. Yep. And it doesn't matter. I, I listened to an interview with Michael Tilson Thomas, who was the conductor of the San Francisco Symphony, mm-hmm. well-known guy. And when he was a college student and a, uh, he was a student of piano, he got to play for Shostakovich. And he said that his memory of Shostakovich was this poor little kind of depressed man that sat at the back of the auditorium and was a chain smoker. And all the students were just like, what, you know, this doesn't seem to be the great composer. You know, what's he doing? He's just a sad, depressed man. Mm -hmm. And Michael Tilson Thomas said that much later, as he began his career as a conductor and learned more about Shostakovich and the life that he led, Mm -hmm. he said, I understood a lot more about why he was a sad, little depressed, chain smoking man. (laughs) Because he had been so fiercely repressed. Right. That he dared not to look up Hmm. for fear that he would be arrested and hauled away, as so many of his friends had been. Right. It's a very, very sad story. But it's something that we're seeing more and more. There, the, uh, political correctness has a very stifling impact, not just on, on public speech, but across the board. Mm-hmm. It's going to hit our art communities. It's going to hit our literary communities. I have a friend who is a, she runs, she has her own little blog and Mm -hmm. she reads books. And she has told me on several occasions that right now there is so much pressure on authors of like young adult books Mm -hmm. to make them politically correct that she almost doesn't like to read them anymore. Right. Because every storyline with no trigger warning attached, mm-hmm. has LGBT themes, there's sexual themes, yep. and those are the books 
yep. that are sitting in our and, kids' libraries. And don't forget, when you get to movies, remember the Oscars came out, um, the Oscar Commission people came out, uh, was it year before last, 2021, and said no movie can make it to uh, be worthy of Oscar status or even reviewed for an award if they do not have an LGBT theme, if there's not a theme in the movie, if they don't have a transgender in the movie, if the staff isn't a certain percentage, transgender, black, uh, LGBT. There, and, and really, that is a, a, a sense of uh, censorship as well, because what are they saying? They're saying that the hetero story really can't be told because now they're favoring the LGBT story somehow some way they'll kick another story or a true story to the curb in favor of an lgbt but it's so odd to me that we don't i mean it's strange how it's taking over books and movies and all kinds of different things without people really realizing it and and by the way the whole notion of a trigger warning goes beyond just lgbt themes Mm -hmm. the the notion of a trigger warning means we can't have uh, anything that might cause someone e- environmental anxiety. Oh my god! We can't have anything that might cause someone, you mm-hmm. know, wait. If it offends Peta, it's yeah. probably not going to be. Or Greta a- and her little finger pointing. <laughs> yeah. so, how dare you? Can't, can't how dare you, dare you ruin my childhood? How be right back. You? More with Melissa. I feel so trigger warned. Be right back. KateDallyRadio.com. Don't go anywhere. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. Welcome. <laughs> Playing the older songs. You never hear the hardly any of these songs anymore. Welcome back. Um, MyPillow.com. If you don't have the MyPillow products, you're missing out. Talk about luxury for, you know, uh, you know, such a low price because he's sharing, you know, um, his, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't charge what he's charging in the stores because he got thrown out because of his politics and going after um, election fraud and Mike Lindell. And so he's passing on the savings to you and you get up to 90% off. I don't know why you're not taking advantage of this. If you haven't, these are some of the best products I've ever had. And I'm a betting person. Like that's my thing. I love ask anyone. I'm not into purses and shoe, you know, like shoes and jewelry. I'm into betting. I love betting. So when I say that the my pillow products are fantastic, those sheets, I sleep in those sheets every night and I love their down comforters and uh, the pillows are amazing. The new 2.0 that keeps you nice and cool all night. And let me just tell you the towels, the robes, the slippers, everything is just amazing. If you're missing out, if you're not getting these products, Father's Day and Mother's Day is coming. Treat the ones you love to these products. They will love you because they'll use them every day. I know because I have family members that use them every day and they love them. Um, So go to MyPillow.com and put in the code word Kate for the promotion, the promotional code, and uh, you'll get up to 90% off. Dog beds, you name it. They have even mattresses. Their mattresses are amazing. I have a MyPillow mattress in my house and uh, uh, for my guests. And let me just tell you, they love it. So what are you doing? Get these products in your home. 
stat. I'm back here with Melissa and uh, man, we have a lot to talk about. Um, so where do we go from here, Melissa? Well, it's, you know, the, the triggering thing yes, it, the triggering. goes deep and wide. I, I find this to be really interesting. Representative Harriet Hageman from Wyoming, the one that beat out Liz Cheney recently, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she's trying to encourage uh, defunding a program in the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services mm-hmm. that helps uh, their employees deal with eco-grief. <laughs> what is eco grief? Are you? Are we this wussy? Yeah. Like, are we? Yes, this we are. Just weak so and snowflakey. E- yeah, eco grief, right, is anxiety caused by the perception of an existential environmental crisis. If you have that much anxiety, uh, maybe you shouldn't work for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Eco-grief. There's a whole new one. Oh, gosh. You, yeah, seriously. So trigger warnings mm-hmm. like, oh, trigger warning, trigger warning. <laughs> you might get you might get all upset while you're working for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service to realize that somebody out there isn't as respectful of the climate crisis as they need to be. Wow. Wow. Oh my gosh. What bags of America unite. Oh my I gosh. know. It's ridiculous. And this is being funded by the United States government. So, you know, kudos to Representative Hageman who's saying like, enough with this nonsense. We don't need to do that. Maybe they need to just do their job mm-hmm. and not worry about it. Yeah. So I thought it would be kind of fun, Kate, Mm -hmm. if we were, you know, universities are now putting trigger warnings on books that they're asking. Of course they are. Students to read because we have to protect their fragile little egos from the mind expanding opportunity they have to discuss hard topics in college. Right. You know what trigger warning I want? This is a narrative. It's put out by your government slash media that it owns. If everything could just contain that, that would be super. I would like it. <sighs> I'd be well, all for it. <laughs> Go ahead. So oh, I wrote a gosh. I wrote a trigger warning mm-hmm. for Oliver by Oliver Twist mm-hmm. by Charles Dickens. And I, I'm just sitting here now thinking, oh, I, there's something I forgot. But here's how it goes white privileged mother abandons Oliver because she lacked access to welfare benefits and elective abortion on demand. Bill Sykes kills his emotional support animal bullseye from lack of appropriate mental health counseling. Living conditions of the poor may spark environmental anxiety after Fagan loses many of his treasures in the muck and slime of the London streets. Nancy, victimized by misogyny and toxic masculinity, Oliver falls victim of human trafficking. Does that about cover it? Yeah. Now, the the problem that I have with all of that is that when Charles Dickens wrote the book, he Mm -hmm. was trying to shine a spotlight on all those exact problems. (laughs) Exactly. On the mistreatment of women, on the mistreatment of children and orphans mm-hmm. on the the system of the poor houses which put children at risk for being sold on the streets like chattel that's what he was trying to do yeah. so if we have to protect our fragile you know our, our fragile little precious little children in college mind you these are young adult people from those realities mm-hmm 
what the heck? Right. How are they ever going to be cope? How are they ever yeah. going to cope with anything in the world? We don't have coping skills anymore. We just want to, we just want to slap censorship on everything so that we can live in a bubbleized world where we're all wrapped in the bubble wrap. Well, this has been coming for a long time. Mm-hmm. If you think about the war over the book To Kill a Mockingbird, mm-hmm. because it contained words in it that people found to be offensive. Right. But do we need to be able to look at what is the actual message of the book? Right. The message of the book was that all of that was inappropriate. That that was that the judgment that was laid on the character was wrong. Mm -hmm. That's a whole book that deals with judgments we make about people that are misguided Mm -hmm. and mis and ill-informed. Right. So if we eliminate the book, what else have we eliminated? Have we eliminated critical thinking? Have we eliminated the opportunity as a teacher in a classroom to ask students to think about how they might be thinking right. in bad ways or making judgments about people that would be inaccurate? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. That's where sad. we're going. Very sad. It's the Stalinist purges. It you is. Know, we will only have... What the beloved leader says that is okay for us to consume because yep. we're too precious. And I don't think people realize that. I, I think they think it's a wuss baggy thing to do. <laughs> yes, that's a Kate word, a wuss baggy thing to do. But it's more than that. It's more about censorship than we realize. It's more about people being able to, like, there was a license plate in the in the southern part of my state, and it, um, it, it was, somebody found it offensive, so they wrote in, and they, the, they actually sent the person a new license plate because one person called in because they couldn't handle the license plate and, and what it said, and it, it was saying something against kind of the stuff we're talking about. And that's how receptive they are to implement this level of censorship is you can't say that because somebody got their panties in a wad. So you can't say that. So now we're going to send you a new license plate. People don't real, they don't even think of it, Melissa, I think as censorship. They just think of it as weakness, but it's beyond weakness in people. No, it's, it's outright censorship Yep, because it will have a chilling effect on every artist, every Mm -hmm. writer, every poet, every painter, every musician about what they can or cannot say or do or paint or write. Well, look what's happened in radio. So in radio, if you have a political show like this and you mention God once in a while, there's a few people that are offended. I played how great thou art one time on the air in 12 years. And I had a guy go, I'm not going to listen anymore. I can't believe you played that. I'm out. And I, and I, and I said back to him, I'm so glad. Don't listen. I don't want you. <laughs> so, I mean, it's to the point where we censor ourselves and, and we say, Oh, Oh, gosh, I'm sorry. I'm talking about God so much because don't you find, you know, we find ourselves with that attitude. Why? Because over the course of the last 60 years, this is how it's been in our society is don't mix church and state. Don't mix politics and religion. Don't talk about God. That's weird. You're one of those shows. No, I want to talk about God and I want to talk about him a lot. And so I'm going to, but, but that's not the prevailing thought in radio. The prevailing thought is you either have a religious show or you don't. But why can't we just say what we want? Don't we live in America still? 
I thought we did. But that's how it works. It's over the course, like what you're talking about, it's over the course of decades where people start censoring themselves. So that's really what happened with not talking about God on the radio is that people started censoring themselves because you have to be part of the the norm, right? Well, I remember many conversations years ago when people objected to overtly sexual content on TV, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there was this voice from Hollywood that said, if you don't like it, just turn it off. Right. You have the freedom to turn it off. Well, yeah, that's true. And many people have, we Mm -hmm. have in our house, there's a lot of things we don't watch. There's a lot of things we don't read and listen to anymore, but you're right. That's the chilling effect. And now that the shoe sometimes is on the other foot, if anyone falls out of line Mm -hmm. from the prescribed, you know, messaging, they don't, we can't say to them, if you don't like it, turn it off. Mm -hmm. We have to, we have to conform. That's why it's censorship. Right. So here's another little tidbit for you. So this is everywhere. It's everywhere. Legos is just putting out a brand new line. They're of children's little Lego figures, mm-hmm. right? We all know mm-hmm. the little Lego figures, sure. right? They're called Lego friends. <laughs> uh-oh. <laughs> why, yeah. why do I feel like an uh-oh is necessary right now? Because you know me, Kate. Oh, you know I'm not going to. hell. I'm so, so tired of this stuff. New, each of these new authentic, there's a, there's a trigger word, mm-hmm. authentic, interesting characters comes with its own backstory designed to be inclusive of gender, culture, ethnicity, physical traits and abilities, non-visible disabilities, and neurodivergence. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me how a Lego figure that is neurodivergent looks different than any other Lego figure? <laughs> well, and yeah. by the way, why do we have to give a Lego figure any backstory? <laughs> Let a kid make up a backstory. It's oh, this a is Lego. my Lego figure. He has 16 heads stacked on right? top, but he's an astronaut from the planet, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, Quark Zog, yeah. you know, oh 54. Gosh. It it kind of so the the narrative is being plugged in. Mm-hmm. One of the one of these new Lego figures has ADHD. <laughs> of course it does. Yep. What the heck? And one's in a wheelchair and one's black and one's LGBT and then you got a transgender Lego. Am I am I How right? How do you know it's a transgender <laughs> Lego? And by the way, Lego heads and uh-huh. bodies and arms and stuff, yeah. they come off. Well, it's just sure it's a woman or a male because the rest of us aren't biologists, but the trans is. And so the trans will tell you <laughs> what it is. Go ahead. Well, there's, there's a really interesting statement that came out from a woman named Africa Brooke. She was born in Zimbabwe, but she's now based in London. Mm-hmm. And she has decided she's leaving the cult of wokeness. And she produced this brilliant, masterful statement about it. She says, what I'm truly afraid of is existing in a world that forces me to submit to an ideology without question. Otherwise, I'm to be shamed and cast out of the community. Right. A world that tells me because I inhabit a black body, I will forever be oppressed and at the mercy of some omnipresent monster called whiteness. Because the color of my skin, I'm a victim of an inherently racist system by default. And me rejecting the narrative of of oppression means that I am, in fact, in denial. How empowering. Oh, (laughs) she's right on the money. 
You know, she says, I dread the prospect of a world where context, nuance, critical thinking, meritocracy, mathematics, science, and rationality are considered tools of white supremacy. And the rule is that you're not allowed to question or argue with this senseless statement, especially if you're white. A world that is conditioning you and I to believe that we will always be trapped in some weird hierarchy <laughs> because of our race, our genitals, our physical abilities, our neurodiversity, our sexuality, and our politics. Could she please? Please send a net note to Lego. <laughs> yeah, right. And say, I, hey, do we you know, just forget like the whole Middle Ages when women ruled entire countries? Do we forget that whole part of our history? Because the feminists think we've lived in the shadows until 1970, and Little Miss Ginsburg did it all for us. I'm always, I'm always stunned at the lack of education feminists have. But I love it when people set it straight and uh, and tell the truth. And these women, these fem- these awful feminists that seek to censor and control, it just it will all, it will further amaze me for the rest of my life. I'm always like, do we just well, forget history? I guess I don't know. Eleanor of Aquitaine coming up, right? Right. Oh, it's amazing, <laughs> uh, Melissa. Thank you, Melissa Smith uh, from Indiana calls in every Wednesday at this time. Next up is Susan. Really appreciate these women and. Um, And, uh, you know, their curiosity, their curiosity. Thank you so much, Melissa. And on to Susan. Tomorrow is Uncle Milty and Chris Ann Hall, but we'll be right back. So don't go anywhere. Be back in about five minutes. Be right back.